You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. Today's episode is not going to disappoint either the bride or the seamstress listening. I had an awesome interview with Melissa Otto this past week, and Melissa is a bridal seamstress in Central Connecticut, and she's also a bridal stylist with Beth Chapman Styling. Her experiences are so fun. She has such fun stories that she's sharing with us. And she also talks about how she got into bridal sewing. And it starts when she was just 13 years old, sewing with her Nana, like so many of us have similar memories. So I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. She gives so much encouragement to new bridal seamstresses and also to brides preparing for the day of. Gives some great tips on how to prepare to just enjoy the day. Something she said actually brought me to tears and it was just an awesome chat with her. You can head to the show notes to find Melissa on social media. All right, let's get started. Melissa, I am so excited to have you today. I I will admit I'm fangirling a little bit and I'm sure other bridal seamstresses who are listening will be as well because in the bridal seamstress world, you are as celebrity as they come. So I'm a little Twitter painted, so excited, and I've been looking forward to this for weeks. So thank you for your precious time and for joining us today. You're the best. Oh my God, it's my (laughs) pleasure. Um, I'll join you every Thursday for that. No, that was so sweet. I really appreciate it. You have just so many experience, so much experience in so many different facets of the sewing world. So I want to try to hit a little bit of all of those. So can you first tell us how you, yeah, come into bridal sewing? Yeah. So um, basically, like I think most people who are probably into sewing and crafting, like we start at an early age, right? We get kind of into it and we sort of have our gateway, usually through family. So mine was through my Nana. Um, who I was lucky enough to know, so my mother's grandmother. Um, so she had been actually a seamstress back in Italy, came over here um, and did a little bit of, I think, factory work, if I'm not mistaken, but kind of was out of it and obviously was a bit older when when I knew her. Um, so she would like take me f- to get patterns and kind of do all the things. And I was more like, okay, Nana, yeah, yeah. Like, just make it for me, you know? Like I just was spending time with her and I really just wanted like cookies and candy and whatever she had in her place. (laughs) Just not, not fully knee deep in it. But probably by the time I was like 13, I was like, what, you know, you just, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a fashion designer because that's got to be like the coolest job. And it's like working without working and you get to be fun and fabulous and all the things. So I started to kind of point myself in that direction um, you know, got into more of like the art and the sewing. And, and then I started to take, because I'm in Connecticut, I started to take weekend classes um, at FIT. They offered for high school students. Um, so I was doing like a sew, or I'm sorry, a drawing class and then a draping class just to get my feet wet into it. Kind of helped me get into the school once I applied, just to have sort of those references. So I did the, the design program for four years. Um, they did like a two plus two. So for my first two years, I specialized in tailoring. And then my second two years, I specialized in ready to wear. Um, and that kind of took me through, you know, as much as I, really enjoyed the experience. I definitely love that creative side and the artistic side. I just, for all the years I was there, I could never quite see myself as like a full-blown, like start to finish designer. Mm -hmm. And just something didn't quite sit with me. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure that out. I was probably still too young to to kind of have a clue. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that I liked fashion and I sort of segued into working in visual merchandising for a number of years. I was in the city for a number of years and I really enjoyed that. And then 
I sort of tripped into the bridal world because I was pregnant with my first daughter and we wanted to move closer to home. So we came towards central Connecticut. I was very lucky in that my cousin is a bridal, um, a bridal shop owner. And I said, you know, I really just want something to like do with some spare time, uh, get out of the house and whatever. I have a lot of sales experience. So she was like, yeah, come, come in. So aside from doing like the consulting and the selling, I made good acquaintances with the woman who did all of their seamstress work and all the alterations for basically the entire store for the year. Um, and I kind of kept like pestering her, you know, like, do you need any help? I can sew, I can sew. Cause sometimes she would say like, Oh, I don't have reliable help. And you know, I, this lady had to go and this one, this and that one, that, and so I'm like, I can, I can sew like, Oh, I'll do it. I'll come. And I think just because of the design background, she didn't take me seriously because it really is two different animals. And then I finally just kind of, I think, wore her down <laughs> and she took me on. So I apprenticed and worked for her for a little over a year. And at the same time, um, you know, another stroke of luck, another very good friend of mine that I grew up with opened up a bridal shop um, sort of on the eastern side of Connecticut. So I had another sort of gateway from her. And she said, you know, my seamstress is retiring. Can I feed you some business? And like most people just kind of started at like my kitchen table or my dining room table and like set aside a little area in my house um, to kind of welcome people in and keep it as professional as I could. And it just snowballed from there. And it, it kind of took on a life of its own so much so that about a year ago now I found my own space outside of the house and just, you know, it's, it's just morphed and I have an employee now, which is the weirdest thing in the world. Like, like it's just crazy. And it's awesome. Oh my goodness. I, there are so many things that you just said that I, I was trying to furiously write down notes because there's so much I'm long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. And I love it because, um, I think, uh, you know, bridal seamstresses or aspiring bridal seamstresses who are listening are just getting so much out of what you just said. So I, I, three things here. So first of all, I love how you had your first memories with your Nana sewing, because I feel like so many of us do, like, it's something that you know, we learn from somebody that we love in, as a kid. And then um, it just kind of morphs into something that we love ourselves. And there's that kind of beautiful emotional connection there, you know, and when you were sharing how you really got into your current career, once you had kids and once you wanted to kind of be home more, which is kind of counterintuitive after all of your awesome education, you know, <laughs> it's where so many seamstresses start and so many seamstresses that are listening, they're literally in that place right now, like sewing at their kitchen table and wondering like, how do we make it work? And I want to be home with my kids, but I, I want to be bringing in some income too for our household or even just young women that like maybe don't have kids yet. And like me and, um, just thinking, okay, there's a, there's another creative way to make a living and you have to start somewhere. So I love that. The final thing, which is kind of fascinating. Now I'm the long-winded one. Is no, go for it. <laughs> how you mentioned that after your formal, um, training, uh, you still had to kind of go through an internship, um, with this woman to, to really learn the basics of not basics, but the intricacies, I should say, of bridal sewing. And maybe for those listening, including me, it's like, what is the difference? Because when, when sometimes when I hear someone has formal training, it's like, okay, then you're totally set and you're good to go. Uh, so what's the difference there where you still needed an internship? Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a little bit of a different animal. So when you, I feel like when you sew things from start to finish, you kind of get that sense of like the, the step-by-step process. Whereas when you're coming into something from an alterations perspective, it's already done for you. So you kind of have to figure out like the savviest way to undo it 
so that you can then redo it and make it look like you didn't touch it. Um, so like, like as just a random example and, and I, um, you know, with something of my background, like having done tailoring and ready to wear something that we really never worked on was like enclosed, uh, hems, for example. So I'm looking at an enclosed hem and I'm like, trying every which way to figure out like how to do it, which I could do it, but I probably took like two hours, you know what I mean? Like some ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of time in those beginning fa- like stages, whereas I'm, I'm learning from this woman and she just flips it inside out, shows, trims it, does the thing. And I'm like, oh, well, that was easy. Like, fine. You know, <laughs> she just made it look so, so, so simple from years of experience. So even just gaining, you know, her knowledge of certain, like, I hate to use the word shortcuts because I feel like it makes it sound like it's a cheaper way of doing something, but it just tends to be more like effective um, and, and simpler and easier to kind of undo. And then again, redo. So learning from her was, was pretty amazing. And, and I think that's anybody's like, a benefit to working for someone else for a minute is just sort of taking what you can from that experience. And then there are things that, you know, maybe I would be taught that I would go like, Hmm, is that really the best way to do it? And then you start to formulate and your gears turn for yourself Mm -hmm. and you come up with new creative ways. Um, and you know, now I have someone who works for me who asks a lot of questions and wonderfully. So then I go, Oh yeah, is that really the best way to do it? And maybe they'll have another idea of what to do. Like, it's just awesome. So it's a really fun, like collaborative industry, as you know, and as, as your listeners, I'm sure know. And so it's, it's really fun. And there's almost like, there's obviously some wrong ways to do some things and some very right ways to do some things, but there are a lot like multiple right ways of doing things. So, you know, it's kind of finding like your, what you're comfortable with, what you're good at, what you're fast at, what makes the most sense for the garment. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And probably that, that creativity that sparked your interest initially as a kid or as a teenager wanting to get into fashion design, like this is maybe the part that you were looking for is like the creative freedom, you know, within the dresses while still having some structure. <laughs> that's what, like you hit the, like, I feel, I feel heard. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I feel. And it was so strange because, you know, for a number of years, like even with like my mother, let's say like the running joke was like, man, I'm really using that. Like college education. Nuck, nuck, nuck. And as this sort of transpired, I'm going, oh my gosh, no, I'm pulling like now, particularly I'm pulling everything from what I learned in sewing about seam allowances, about let's say clipping certain things to make it lay better. Like all of it kind of comes back to you in little ways. Um, and not that everyone has to have some sort of formal school training necessarily, but just when you, when you kind of learn those steps from scratch, um, or from someone who's had the experience, then you keep that with you as you go along, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So you have been a bridal seamstress for how long now? Um, since probably started around like 2017, 18, I I formed the business in 2018. So it was perfect timing because you probably projected that there's this huge wedding boom that you had to be right. Oh yeah. (laughs) I knew it was coming. I mean, (laughs) but it's crazy. I mean, and you and I have had the conversations in private that it's such a dying art or an aging out industry. Who do we pass the baton to? You know, yes. there's, there's sort of this gap, um, I would say, and, and not to speak in full generalizations, but I would say from like, like forties to like 60 year old women or, or persons now are not really in the trade. And now mm-hmm. I feel like those of us kind of in our like twenties and thirties are starting to get back into it and, and turn the gears a little and we're going, okay, like who's next? Where, right. where is everyone? <laughs> oh, it's, it is. It's so exciting. Cause just in our area, 
Um, I know of three seamstresses that retired this past year. So it's like, okay, um, right now we're running a boot camp for Secrets of the Royal Seamstress online membership. And we're talking all about this gap between um, the... I guess maybe the generational gap, but also everything that comes with it, like the, the assumptions of how things are done or how maybe bridal sewing isn't super professional because you do it in your house yep. or the prices that come along with that or um, the bridal expectations from the bride side and maybe the lack of education because with the yep. generations, like they didn't have social media like we do and they can't make reels to say, hey, here's how we're raising your <laughs> why we're talking right. that because... <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You don't get a sense of what goes on behind the scenes. It's so true. Right. You're just taking somebody's word for it and maybe right. shopping around if you can. But yeah, it's so mm-hmm. true. It's such a, an odd bird. Yeah. And I feel like everything else in the wedding industry has progressed so much with social media, with those expectations, like the, you know, the Pinterest wedding or the Instagram wedding. <laughs> and then the same stresses are just kind of left behind. Like, okay, we have a huge part in those pictures, people. So it's so true. <laughs> so it's, it's so, just true. so exciting to see this new generation come up and we're all finding each other. And um, we all, I think, struggle with our own personal imposter syndrome because some women are like, well, I'm still sewing with kids at home. Does that make me not legit? No, you completely 100% are. And then somebody else is like, okay, I went through formal training, but I really don't know how to like, yeah. Work. Uh, like take apart this wedding dress and then put it back together. And we all have our own, I think, insecurities and being able to so true. it and be like, oh, these are the kind of conversations that if we had a corporate job, we'd be having over lunch. <laughs> but it's so true. We're all it's, so true. <laughs> it's so true. And the imposter syndrome thing, like it could not, you couldn't hit the nail harder on the head. Like I think everybody goes through it, especially if you're a small business owner in any regard, you kind of, because you don't have that like cohort of people to be around you and to have a dialogue with all the time that like you're saying like in the lunchroom or whatever, it, because we don't have that, we're just kind of like siloed in our own little world and we're chugging along. And then finally we talk to someone who's like in it with us. And we're like, are you so worried about that? Do, is this the way you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And we like, we just get this validation from our little community, which is so amazing. It's, it's yeah. just so great, but it's almost like I'm to the point now, like imposter syndrome, like rampant, rampant for those first years, especially coming from learning from someone who is of an older generation. I think you almost feel like, can I live up? Can I do it all? All, all, all of those elements to it. And when, you know, the, everything started to kind of go full throttle, I would say like where my imposter syndrome started to fade away was much more so this year. And even a little bit pre COVID, just in the sense that I was getting so much momentum in terms of like people calling for appointments, people seeing the social media, like all this traction going behind it. And then of course COVID happened and everything just was put on hold. But now with everything picking back up, now we have, now I have the the brides who are coming with their, or former brides coming with their sisters or their friends or whomever. So we're making this like big networking connection and it's just been kind of this fabulous ride. So it's probably the first year that I haven't felt like debilitated by imposter syndrome, but it still comes up. Like when you face like maybe a different challenge or something you haven't seen before and you're just kind of sitting there like, oh shoot, like, what am I going to do? I'm not cut out for this. Like it just creeps in all over again. So it's yeah. nice to have like this, this sort of community of, of other folks that we can talk about it together. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, that was just so that's going to hit home for so many listeners. I'm so excited for, I might actually use this as a little, you know, preview clip 
to share. All right. <laughs> Save that quote. So um, if you can narrow it down to one single element, what is what would your favorite element of bridal sewing be? Oh, being in this industry, like, so my favorite part of what I do is like the clients, like that, it just like kind of begins and ends with them. I felt like in the last few years, like with gaining traction, my own like business identity, I know I'm attracting like a customer who's kind of similar to me and maybe like goofy and fun and whatever. And like, I had two, two women today who came in who are like dancing in the door, like it's pickup day. And I'm like, that's what I do. It's pickup day. Like we're just, there's so much energy and so much fun. So like I live for that. I love like making the, the folks happy who come through the door. Like that's just my, like, I've always had a thing with customer service, but I just, I really like that just gets my gears going. And in terms of like the actual like projects and, and the sewing element of it, like actually doing the work, I just love about this industry that like, there's sort of that like chaos and disarray of the start of it where like something's ill-fitting or it's not quite right. And you have to kind of like work your magic and think about it a few different ways and problem solve. And you have like a little bit of chaos still in the middle with like the activity of like starting that alteration, checking it out on her and all those things. And then you get this nice buttoned up, like clean finish to the end. So I don't know if it's like my type A personality that this just fulfills something for me, but I love that there's like the beginning and the middle and the end, and then it's off. Like I, yes. I love it. And then it's on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I have, um, I keep all my brides in a, uh, in a spreadsheet and it's all color coded. And, you know, of course, as I'm working on the dresses, I'm feeling creative and connected and all this stuff, but I can't lie. I love when the color of their name box changes to light blue. <laughs> I'm just seeing the grid go from, yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're all, yep. check, check, check. It is very, it's, that's it. I'm a list maker. I love the list and you check it, cross it off, whatever, whatever action you have to do to like, just boop, done. Mine, I have like the, the, um, like a copy of their receipt ticket. So I always, I know it's done when I like take my copy and bring it home for like accounting and all the things I'm like, oh yes, another one. That's like my physical reminder of like how much work we put into all these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so true. Um, oh, it's just so fun because like you get it. This conversation is so funny. <laughs> oh, um, but you also have a very interesting facet to your business that does not necessarily revolve around alterations. You work with brides on their actual wedding day as a bridal stylist. So tell us about your work with Beth Chapman. How did you meet her? How did you get involved? And maybe for listeners who don't know what a day of stylist is, maybe you could tell us a little about like what that is. Oh my gosh. Okay. So being a day of stylist is the most fun thing ever. Um, and especially if it's like a bride that I've worked with, it's sort of seeing that full culmination end of the road, um, like all the way down the aisle, which is awesome. But to backtrack a, a quick second. So I met Beth Chapman. I worked through Beth Chapman styling, um, for that part of the business. And I met her because she has a bridal shop, um, just South of me. And when I was going, um, to start my business solo, I said, you know, why don't I reach out to other area businesses and just kind of see, Hey, do you need a seamstress? Are you looking for anybody? Can I get on your referral list and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, and so she and I just had kind of an instant connection and it was just sort of like serendipitous that I had reached out to her. She had just lost a seamstress as part of her team. So it sort of all, all rolled and snowballed in that way. And 
you know, she and I both really have, um, like I was saying earlier, like this passion for customer service. We love the brides. We love the clients. We love the fashion of the whole thing. Um, and we're kind of problem solvers. And because we have all of these years of experience in it, um, she's been doing uh, Beth Chapman styling for a number of years. So she asked me if I wanted to come on board, which was an instant yes. Um, and so now I've been there for the day of. So basically what we do, we, we roll up either uh, one of us or a team of us, depending on kind of how many people are in the bridal party in particular. Um, and we help with everything from like steaming the garments on the morning of we problem solve, like, you know, it sounds like, Oh, like what could go wrong in a single day, but we have had like, it's unbelievable. The things that we have seen. So we've like constructed bustles from nothing, which is being a seamstress is very helpful when, (laughs) when that sort of a problem arises. Um, you know, we were at a wedding where a guest was, you know, we were leading up to the ceremony and a guest like popped one of the snaps off of their pants. So we're like sewing the button back on the pants. The groom had split a seam on their jacket. The fellows didn't know how to tie their bow ties, like on and on and on. So it's not even just the women, Mm-hmm. it's the men too. Um, so we kind of, you know, we're just there to problem solve. If, if your heels are sinking in the ground, we've got the little plastic heel stoppers. If your dress is wrinkled, we've got the steamer. If you need your bus taped up, we've got it. Like we're just good to go. There is no, like, there's nothing too sacred <laughs> that we won't do <laughs> just to make for the sake of fashion, we will make it happen. To you. <laughs> that is incredible. I, um, I hadn't even heard of day of styling until just recently. And I was able to help out one of my brides this summer. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is the best. And I was super emotional because I I had worked with her. So fun. Yeah. Like opening her door and you know, as she walked down, I was just like, so rewarding. And I'm like, I could do this. Well, not every weekend of the summer, but I could. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so true. But it's your weekends, right? I can't see days there. Yeah. No, it's so true. And it's that, like we were talking about earlier, like that finish of the project, like this is even mm-hmm. more like through the finish oh line. Yeah. I don't think I've been at one person's, whether they were my bride or not. I don't think I've been at one person's wedding where I wasn't like inside, like, oh yeah, cry, you know, having I don't know a little emotional moment. Weddings. Like <laughs> I love love. I can't. <laughs> what we did is kind of our thing. We love weddings, <laughs> right? Sort of our thing. Is there, is there anything that you feel like, um, happens more often than we realize that catches brides off guard on their wedding day since, you know, you're working with them day of. That's a great question. I think like, I think we don't say it enough, but I think a common thing is like, there's so much bustle going with the day bustle pun intended. No, (laughs) there's so much like activity happening on the day of that. It's really easy just to kind of not take in the moment like that you're in at present. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of what we do kind of takes the edge off of the bride and the rest of her cohort, especially like their mom or the groom, et cetera, or the planner, if they have a wedding planner, who's, who's kind of contracted with us, it, it sort of takes that edge off and all of those other elements. So they can really sit there and just take in everything that's going on while other people are sort of doing the hard, doing the problem solving around them. Um, and just, you know, and we just, we're calm, cool and collected all day. So something comes up, boop, like either, you know, about it, or you didn't because we solved it and da, 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 da. Like, so that's just how we roll. And I, I try to impart that on even my brides. Like if I'm not seeing them for the day of like one thing I always love to tell them is just like, take a minute on the day of like step outside of the, the dancing room, the reception area, and just like watch everybody having fun at your wedding. It's the coolest thing when you realize like everyone's kind of in their zone. They're not seeing, like they don't realize you're there. So they're not looking and like putting it on for you. And you just see how much everyone like appreciates your 
you know, what you've got going on and, and your love and this, all the right. fun that they've had with you. Wow. So. Oh, that tears my eyes. That's like so beautiful. Oh. That's 100% <laughs> right. Because there's so much planning and anticipation and money involved in your wedding that you forget you're putting on a party for your friends and your family who love you and want to celebrate you and honor you and those moments and just be grateful for them in your life. Oh, that's so awesome. So true. Yeah. That'll go (laughs) to my final appointment. Done. Tear jerker moment. Okay. (laughs) Love that. Love love that. Love a good tear. My second appointment, I love to find out what they walk down the aisle to. So I like to being their final appointment because, you know, nice things very nice emotional in a good way around here, you know? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. (laughs) So you have advice for two spectrums here. You have advice to give to guides and to seamstresses. So I like to always end our interviews with the final, final tip of the day or whatever. Okay. So can you give us a tip of the week for brides? And then we're going to close with seamstresses. We're going to treat the seamstresses today. So let's start with our final tip you'd leave them with. Okay. So final tip for brides, I would say, ask questions and I'm going to like say it in relation specifically to alterations and to what we do. I think that so often, um, and I don't know if you found this, like people are just trying to be nice lately, which is wonderful or just not like ruffle anybody. They get nervous. They've never been in this situation before. I always kind of joke with girls, like how many times have you had a wedding dress on before? None. So, you know, you, it's a new territory. So ask the questions about like maybe why we're doing something, or if you have a concern about something, I kind of ask like multiple times in my appointments, like, do you have any questions? Is anything else bother you? Is there something that I don't see that maybe you feel that mm-hmm. is, is funky to you. Um, so I always just try to get a, a good sense of that and open up the dialogue. And, you know, still sometimes it happens where someone will call after the appointment and say, you know what, I sat on this for a minute and I just wanted to say blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it means coming in for another appointment just to kind of put everything at ease, which is totally fine, but we could always kind of squash it in the moment if we um, have that dialogue. So that's my advice to brides is just be, and that's with any vendor really, but I say it from the yeah. seamstress perspective. Um, just tell them how you feel, say it nicely. That's fine. But, but you don't have right. to tip Joe. So, right. It's not oh, worth man. the regret afterwards of leaving with your dress and, and kind of holding back. And then the next time you put it on your wedding day, you're like, Oh yeah, these reps are too tight or whatever. Exactly. It, no, but it's, it's, it could be anything. Exactly mm-hmm. that. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and uh, then for seamstresses, let's see. I'm going to go back to the imposter syndrome thing. I think that it's the best advice I could give to seamstresses because I think we're all in that same boat is like, find a friend, find somebody, whether it's, you can contact me anytime. Don't mind if it takes me a minute to get back to you. I promise I'm not ignoring you. We are in the thick of New England bridal season. I swear to you. But that all being said, like we're, we're all this, you know, vehicle to help people. I, you know, where I have experience, you may not and vice versa. We can definitely still like all learn from each other. And there's a space for everything. There's a space for all the different ways that you can do something. Um, there's a space for all of us to succeed and there's no reason not to, (laughs) and there's no reason not to talk about it. There's no reason to like sit in your, in your space somewhere and just like worry constantly about what it is you're doing or how you're going to grow, or if you're doing it the right way, whatever that means. Um, so I, I think that seamstresses, especially of our like kind of younger generation, just need to do their best to sort of build up their own confidence and just go for the gold. And it's going to be awesome. I promise you that. Ah, 
Yes, I was over here literally cheering because I, I didn't want to interrupt with my woohoos, but <laughs> so awesome. we can woohoo anytime. <laughs> woohoo. <laughs> so, where can these seamstresses find you to DM you? Share us um, your uh, Instagram handle. Yes. So my Instagram is at Demelis Atelier. So it's D-E-M-E-L-I-S. You check out my bling there. D-E-M-E-L-I-S. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my little Etsy bling. <laughs> A-T-E-L-I-E-R. Demelis Atelier. Oh my goodness. Well, we're going to include that in the show notes for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nadine. Such a great time talking to you. Okay. If you're a bridal seamstress listening and you were just totally inspired by what Melissa had to say, and you're craving that community that we were talking about, I invite you to join Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress online membership. If you're interested, you can head to Instagram, Nadine.Bozeman, and uh, shoot me a DM so we can get you a link to be registered. You can also go directly to my website at sweetfrancissewingco.com. Look for the for seamstresses link. And there are all kinds of resources for you to develop your modern bridal alterations boutique business. We have one-on-one coaching calls that you're able to register for along with a 12 part complete digital course that will teach you everything you need to know to establish your own profitable modern bridal alterations boutique. And of course that online membership is going to be super helpful for you wherever you are in your bridal sewing journey. This episode was just so special to me. I hope it meant a lot to you too. And I will look forward to being with you next Monday. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.